0: Good evening. My name is Bernadette and I'm a very grateful member of the Worldwide Fellowship of Al-Anon and Alatine Family Groups. Uh, and it's a true uh, privilege to be here. It really is. And the first I want to thank uh, Dick, who's the chairman and Barbara uh, for inviting us to this and uh, for their love and support over the years and uh, which I know will continue. And uh, I love this place. Oh, What's not to love, right? <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm in Al-Anon for a while. But, you know, I didn't start out that way. I started out like a little baby, the youngest of 16. And um, and then I been, by the time I was born, there were just 12 of us left. And, um, and I had one brother. His name was Anthony. And he was a great brother. He was a great brother. I really have to say that my... Uh, Nephew and his wife are here. I really have to mention them, Edward and Eileen. Thank you for coming. I haven't seen them in 20 years, maybe 25 years. So it was really a treat. They live in Woodstock now, so that's great. I've got to take this off because it makes too much noise and I use my hands a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) But anyway, uh, my mother and father were both born in Italy and came here at a very early age. My mother was 15 when they got married, 16 when she had her first baby, and 42 when she had me. I have nine children. I believe that's because I was taught how to be a mother, and I learned from the very best, my own mother. Uh, Edward, who I spoke of, was the uh, son of my oldest uh, sister, Rose. And uh, there were just three of us left, Julie, myself, and Ernestine. And... Uh, they're getting on in years, and it sort of scares me until somebody said to me, you know, so are you, getting on in years. <laughs> I go, <said>, wow, <laughs> that really hit me hard, you know. <laughs> but um, I uh, went to grammar school. I'm a Roman Catholic. I'm not recovering. I am a Roman Catholic, and uh, I love it. And um, I went to grammar school, Catholic grammar school. I was going to be a nun, so I went to the Junior Eight, the uh, Sisters of St. Joseph in Long Island, Brentwood. And uh, in my third year, they I, they found out I was dating on weekends, uh, which I think Edward knew about all along anyway, and so they asked me to leave. And so I did and went to St. Agnes's Academy where I went to proms and dances and, and had a really good time. Um, the biggest thing that happened during that time of my life was when I was eight years old, my father died. And that was um, a pretty big thing to me because... I was very close to him. I never remember him talking that much, but I I was very close to him, and he was always good to me, and a lot of my nieces and nephews, I know that, but um, I had a pretty good family life. My mother brought us up well. Uh, Since my father had died when everybody was so young, uh, they would all work and give her their allowance, and she would give them $5 to go for the week. You can see how long ago this was, Uh, but, you know, we all respected her a great deal, She's gone now, naturally. But anyway, uh, I went on to date, and uh, then I graduated from the high school, St. Agnes' Academy, and worked at the bank, the first National City Bank of New York. And uh, it was there I was to meet this guy, Jimmy, who I got engaged to. That's not the guy who's the best guy in the world. But uh, anyway, um, I got engaged. He went to the service, and I knew I couldn't be engaged anymore. His letters were horrible. I hated them. And so I gave my ring to my mother and I said, I'm gonna date and I want you to know about it. And um, she said, okay. So I did, I dated. When he came back, I didn't write him a detailed letter, but when he came back, uh, we had to go to a couple of weddings and things and on that Wednesday after he came back, I told him we had to break up. So we broke up. And that Saturday, I went to, uh, with my niece to a bar. We decided we were going to go to this bar. We were not bar people. I was 18, 20 at this time. And we went to a nice cream parlor and, and drank, uh, drank cokes all night, got up enough nerve, and we went to this bar 10 blocks away, Gallagher's, and walked through these weight of guys. It was very thrilling. I can tell you it was great. And um, we went to sit in the back where everybody was going to dance. That's what we really went for, was to dance. We wanted to dance. And we both loved to dance. My niece Barbara, who uh, I saw just a couple of weeks ago, um, and Geraldine and I were three. We were like three little sisters. We were very close in age, and they were my nieces, but we did everything together. By this time, Barbara had gotten married and had a baby. So Geraldine was with me there, and we were with a couple of her friends. We were having a good time. I'm having a couple of drinks, I guess. I don't know. I'm not much of a drinker. I drink one and I begin to get dizzy, so I figure I shouldn't have any more. But, but I'm told that's what you're supposed to feel. So you know, I used to drive Bill crazy with that. So anyway, um, in walks this guy. I mean, in walks this guy. He's tall. He's dark. He's handsome. And he has a swagger to the way he walks. I mean, and he came over to our table. And I thought, wow, that's great. Well, he knew somebody at the table. So he said, I really feel like dancing. And he said, who shall I have? And he says, eeny, meeny, miny, Nemo And he tells me I won. I won. I could have doubted that for a little while there as things were going on. But, uh, but I, I knew I cared about him a lot. And uh, we danced. And three and a half weeks later, we eloped to Elton, Maryland. And uh, I know I broke my mother's heart, a little Italian girl. They would say she was saving for my wedding, and we were going to be at this great place, and I broke her heart. And she, I know she forgave me, but it was—I it still hits me. It's wrong sometimes. But anyway, we eloped. She gave us a nice wedding. Now, you know, at this time, Bill and I had gone out every night, those those three weeks that I knew him. I never remember him drinking that much. I never remember him drinking that much. Matter of fact, I could say I was drinking more than he was, and I was really not a good, a good drinker. So, um but he tells me later that what happened is he would start, go to the phone. He was We worked for the New York Journal American. He also had, uh, he was tall, he was dark, he was handsome. He worked for the New York Journal American. And I later found out he had a powder blue convertible. I mean, what else is there, right? What else is there in life? The rest I could take care of. I was sure I could make our marriage right. Whatever was going to go wrong. But you see, nothing was going to go wrong because it was just going to be, it was just going to be wonderful, you know. And uh, he was everything I ever dreamed of. And I don't ever really remember dreaming, ever dreaming of the man of my dreams. But he was it at the time. And um, so we eloped. My mother gave us a good wedding. And I remember coming back before we got married in church. We were married, married 11 days and we got married in church. We went to visit Bill's mother on the way back. And she was yelling and screaming and she offered us tea, which We refused. Then we went over to my mother's house, and she kept looking and saying, why? Why? But why? But why? That's all she kept saying was why. I would have rather she slapped me in the face or something, but she didn't. And um, so she said, okay, now the only thing I ask is that you don't live together till you get married in church. So we went over to visit Bill's mother with my mother and my brother, and we walked in, and she says, I can't make the wedding. My mother said, I haven't given you a date yet. And she said, I can't make it anyway. And she said, they'll wait. And so she ate in, and we did. We got married. That night, there was a lot of drinking, as at most weddings. She was in my mother's house, a lot of drinking, a lot of fun. And then my mother-in-law went after me with a knife. I couldn't understand why. I didn't understand why. I, to this day, I don't really understand why, why she ever did that. But uh, she did, and we talked about that in, at length. And I forgave her, she forgave me, and we got along very well. And uh, so we had the wedding, and we went on our merry way. Now, I still didn't know Bill was drinking, because he was working nights. He was working nights. I was working days, he was working nights, and would meet once in a while during the day. And uh, at one point, my mother says to me, you know, I think maybe you ought to stay home. And I said, why is that? She said, well... Bill's going to the racetrack a lot, meeting your brother-in-laws, and they're drinking and they're uh, playing the horses, and I think you wanted to just stay home. And I said, if you ever talk about my husband again, I would never want you to ever come in my home again. And so she never did, never spoke about him in a bad way again to me. She was really a good woman. She just didn't like to see her children hurt. So anyway, Bill and I started our married life, and uh, we've got a furnished apartment, Bill was working nights, I was working days, and Bill was coming home later and later in the morning and going in earlier and earlier in the, you know, at night to go to work. And I had no idea that he drank. And somebody said to me once, that's foolish, how can you not tell he was drinking? Well, if he came home to get sober, how would I know if he was drinking? I mean, I had never been with anybody like. I did not have alcoholism in my family to my knowledge. So I had no idea of what to expect. So after that, uh, so my family got a little money together, or somebody did anyway, I can't remember who, and um, we bought a little house. Can you imagine? It was $13,000, a house, a two-family house for $13,000. I mean, you can't even spit on a house for that now. But anyway, uh, uh, we bought this two-family house, and, uh, and I got pregnant, and I was delighted. I was really happy, and... Um, so Bill did come home at night, during the day, once in a while. He took nights, he did. He really did. As I say, we had nine children. He came home more than once. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so, so we bought this two-family house. We rented upstairs, and we were getting $95 up there, and we were paying $75 a month rent downstairs. And for some reason, we just couldn't keep up the payment. Now, I had nothing to do with money. Whenever I had money, I always uh, gave it to Bill, because he went to college, he knew what to do with it, you know. I mean, what did I know about that? I never took care of money in any way, and I thought he was doing a very good job because he kept telling me he was. He was putting money aside. There were things for this, and there were, th- and I believed him. I truly believed him. So after 14 months, I had my daughter Charlotte, and uh, and I mentioned my children my name because that's the only way I can tell at what time in my life i am you know i mean i can tell what the kids so cuz the oldest is uh 40 years older than the uh the youngest one so no i'm sorry 14 years 14 years 14 years oh, oh, i'm sorry that makes me 150 but anyway uh <laughs> i'm sorry you can tell i'm a little nervous but anyway um, we had charlotte and uh the first daughter we had, Judy, she she loved Bill so much, and she would cry whenever she saw me. And I prayed for the next child to love me a lot. And then Charlotte came along and wouldn't let go of my neck, you know. And I thought, whoa! I just like I just think for think I'll think about having a neutral one next time. So they love us both. So anyway, 14 months later, she came and. Uh, I guess 18 months later, we had our son, Bill. At that time, we decided, Bill decided, perhaps we should sell this house in Floral Park because he couldn't keep the payments up. The $95, and we were making 75 and he just couldn't keep the payments up. But he thought if we put it together, whatever that meant, if we put it together, he took me all the way out on Long Island. If you know Long Island, New York goes like this, and Queens is here, where I was born, and Long Island is way out, you know, Deer Park, had the uh, a couple of little places. So we went out there, and we had our son Bill. But before we went out there, I remember we were running short on money, and, and I had gotten a lot of engagement gifts from my engagement party to this other guy, and I never gave back because they were all family gifts. So they said, I won't have another engagement party, that's all. So uh, he said to me, I think it would be a good idea if you sold those things. If you sell these things, we can do something with that money. And I said, why don't you go out and sell? He said, well, they're your things. So like other times in my life, I said, okay. And I went out and I sold these things, well worth over $2,000. I got $200 for them. And when he saw that hot money in my hand, he said to me, you give me that $200, and tonight you'll have 2000 And I believed him, and I gave it to him. And we had no money at night either, so, you know. <laughs> And at this time, I still didn't know he was drinking. I didn't know what was going on because he was gone a lot. And he worked for the New York Journal American. And once in a while, my mother would say, how are you and Bill getting along? And I said, we're getting along just fine. Thank you. Everything is fine. So anyway, um, after a while, and then we were having our our third child, William Jr. And he was born about 14 months later. And... um, and at that time, Bill said, I think we should sell this house and move out on the island. So we did. And we went and stayed with my mother-in-law for a little while, and just a week or two. And then we went out to Long Island. And there I was really in isolation. Nobody lived out there that I knew at that time. And uh, I didn't have a car. I didn't have to drive. And um, it was bad. Billy, our son, was very sick. He was a very sickly baby. And he cried a lot, and he had a lot of rashes, and he had a lot of different things wrong with him. And I didn't know what was wrong. And uh, at that time, there was no insurance. The doctors were, what, five bucks every time you went or something like that? And going back a ways. it's was 15-some odd years. And, um, and Bill would be gone most of the time because he told me he was working. He was working extra shifts and over shifts and extra shifts and more shifts, you know, and more shifts. I found out later he was going to Gallagher's, Cuckoo's, uh, Tootie's, uh, Angie's, I don't know, a whole bunch of places, you know, those good places. And um, and so we went out to Deer Park. No, we didn't go out to Deer Park. Uh, yes, Billy was sick. We went to Deer Park, and um, and then I got pregnant again for Larry. And uh, I then had my Irish twins. They were 11 months apart. You know, I didn't mind being them. I loved it. I loved to have my kids. I loved loved it. It was was so enjoyable. Maybe I wasn't paying that much attention, but I must have been paying some attention. I don't know. Somehow I think I was. I think I was paying attention. I did not know what was going on. Because he never drank at home. How lucky we are when people are not drinking at home and not bringing the bottles home. You know, I, I feel very fortunate about that. I've heard some horror stories while I've been in al I' about what can happen. You'll excuse me. just one minute. I have to breathe. So I feel rather fortunate that Bill drank out, but when we got out to Deer Park and I was alone he made a lot of friends out in Deer Park. I didn't make too many, except the next door neighbor, who I thought was crazy because she had six kids. You know, and there I went and ahead to have nine. So, um, but I did make good friends with her. But Bill was gone most of the time. And, uh, as I say, with his new friends now. He never played golf, so I was never a golf widow anyway. But... Um, our life kept getting rougher and rougher and we kept getting bills from places saying that they were going to turn the lights off. They were going to, I would ask him what was going to happen and he would tell me not to worry about it. And I'm not going to tell you what he did about it because he'll tell you that in his story. But um after a while and Larry was born and um Bill says to me, you know, I think it would be a great idea if we lived in with your mother. She has that furnished, that basement, you know, and uh, we could live there, and I said, "Sure." I think you should ask her. And he said, "No, you should ask her. It's your mother." So I asked my mother, and she said, "Of course, she can come." I didn't mind because I was going home. This is the house I grew up in, and uh, I knew no matter what happened, she would—I would always have something to eat at my mother's house. So we did. We went to live at my mother's house. The kids were around the around the, in the cots and uh, on, in cribs, and we were in cots. And if you've never slept behind an oil burner at night, you know, you're sleeping and it's going slow. And all of a sudden, this reminded me of Jack, all of a sudden it goes poof, you know, and you wake up, you know. <laughs> but, um, but again, I was happy. I was home. My kids were delirious. They could go up with their grandmother all the time. And Bill was out more and more. And he wasn't looking too good. You know, he wasn't looking too good. And one day I'm minding his suit. And in his suit I find $300 right in the pocket. And so I went up downstairs and I said, Bill, guess what I $300. And he said, oh, that's not mine, that's not mine. That belongs to a couple of my clients. Of course, I didn't know at this time he had lost his business either. You know, I, I, it's amazing that I didn't know any of these things, but I never got any bills. He made sure he got everything, or he was supposed to. He handled it very well, I thought, considering, you know, if you consider that good. So, so he continued to drink, and he was gone more and more of the time. And now he started to come home drunk. He did. He would come home, and uh, he would come home with a gash on his uh, face. And one night he was out overnight, and I said, "Where were you?" He said, "Don't get angry." I had a heart attack last night. I said, no kidding. And he said, yes, I was in the hospital in New York. I was in the hospital in New York City. And I said, really? I said, do you have the bill? So he'll tell you in his story what he did after that, you know. So anyway, you know, I I think he began to know that something was going on. But there was nothing I could do. And, you know, I didn't try to do anything because I knew I was safe and my children were safe. And if he wanted to do whatever he had to do, I guess he could do it. I went to see a priest, and he said to me, Go out, get your hair done, buy a dress, and go out with some of your friends. Well, I couldn't rub two nickels together. I didn't have them to rub together. So so how could I possibly do that? So that was the priest. Then I went to the doctor. They learned nothing about alcoholism. I went to the doctor, and he said, there's nothing I can do, really. This was back in 1959, something like that. There's nothing I can tell you. I don't know what to tell you to do. So I just went back and, you know, I did what I had to do, you know, and knew that I would be taken care of, maybe if not by Bill, who really was still my hero. I was sure there was something wrong with him that could be fixed, but I knew there was nothing I could do about it. I had no idea what to do about it. I, would, I didn't tell my sisters about it. My mother didn't ask me. She knew what was going on. She was not stupid. She lived upstairs. You know, she knew what was going on, but she never said a word. And um, one night, one of my children got very sick. And uh, it was... Uh, but that's really Bill's story. I'm going to let Bill tell the rest of that story. But one night, one of my daughters got sick, and I got a hold of Bill. And um, through that... And He'll tell you the rest of it. He did go. He called uh, a psychiatrist and uh, met the people in AA. And, um, and he went about a year. Well, I thought it was a year. He says now he we went three months. And he said he didn't drink too much. <laughs> you know, that to me sounded all right because I had no idea what AA was anyway. He didn't hear about it at that time at all. Hey, it was the Bowery Bum, or the guy that lived in the corner down the street at the bar. So, anyway, uh, he's in the program now, okay? And I'm still getting along. My mother seems very happy that he's doing this now, so I'm happy for my mother, you know. She doesn't say anything to me. And um, um God, I keep losing my, see, this is how I can tell I'm getting old. Oh, God, just a minute. So anyway, um, if, if he went to meetings, and after a while I said to his sponsor, how can I get, how can I find out what's going on? This is the second time he came back. How can I find out what's going on? I, I, what's going on in his eyes? You know, I see something in his eyes. And he said to me, come to a meeting some night. And I said, when can I come to a meeting? And he says, wait till he invites you. So that was in April, and in June he invited me to my, uh, my first Open AA meeting. And I went, and it was there I was to meet his sponsor's wife, Hattie. These wonderful two Jewish people, I love them. I love them still, and they're both gone. But uh, she took me to my first Al-Anon meeting, and I cried a whole lot, I really cried a whole lot. I really didn't know what what to think or what to say, what would they ask me, what did I owe them, what did I owe them, and when they passed the basket, I felt terrible because I didn't have any money to put in. And they said, don't worry. Your day will come. How can I repay you? Don't repay me. You repay me by working with somebody else in the program. So every week I went to my Al-Anon meeting. And I loved Al-Anon. I learned things. I learned that uh, alcoholism was a disease, a mental, spiritual, and physical, and that we are are, uh, affected by it. And uh and we enable people, enable, enable. I never heard that word, enable. You know, you allow them to do things that they should do for themselves. Oh, did I do that all those years? I didn't know that, you know. But yeah, enabling is is doing for people what they should do for themselves. I have two sons in the program and I'm grateful. One of them just celebrated his seventh anniversary. I was very proud of him. And uh, I'm grateful I couldn't do for them, because they have found sobriety early in life, and uh, and we don't push it on them. We've been in AA and Al Anon family for a long, long time, but none of them never went to Alateen. They didn't want to do that, but they learned from us. They did learn from us. And Bill was sober doing what he was sober, and I was doing what I was doing. After he was sober seven months, I loved Hattie. Oh my God, she was great. And, you know, she stopped going to Al-Anon after a few years, and I could never understand why. Because the longer you're in, the, more, the, the longer I'm in, the more I get from it, the more I learn from it. And um, I don't know how they can turn around and not do that, but that's not me. And I called her anyway. Every week I called her because I loved her so much. So we moved down to Nashville after seven months. I will say he asked his sponsor if he could move now. I told him a few weeks ago, maybe it was a year ago, did he remember that he never really asked me you know <laughs> but but I always hear them say and you don't make any changes for a year you don't make but I don't think they said that at that time. I'm not sure I really don't remember there are a lot of things they say now they don't there are quotes that they don't didn't say that, so anyway, we packed up, and I was as happy as a log just to get away. You know, we had our old Plymouth. The hood didn't go down, didn't tie down. The windshield wipers didn't work. The heater didn't work. But we were so happy. We were singing going down there. My oldest daughter was five, and the youngest was maybe one and a half or something like that. And we had a great time, and we went to Nashville, and that was where we grew up. They told us to go and make sure that Alan and AA was strong there. And we did that. We made sure that A.A. and I was very strong there. And probably some of you knew Bobby Carpenter. She was my sponsor down in Nashville, Tennessee. And I love Bobby dearly. And her husband, I can't remember his name right now, but it doesn't matter. But she was important to me in my life. And it was there I grew. And, you know, I know they're going to talk about the steps this week. And I just, I accepted immediately that alcoholism was a disease and that I was powerless over alcohol. But I, You know, and I I understood that I was insane, you know, (laughs) and I had to turn my life over to, uh, to God of my understanding. But turning that over was the hardest thing I ever did. Turning my life over to my higher power, whom I choose to call God, was the hardest thing I ever did. How can I take care of all these children where I have so much power and then turn my own power over to God, who I always believed in, but I... I just couldn't catch that, but I did finally. And I did the third step, but I didn't do the fourth step until I came back to New York. So that was a good seven years later. That didn't mean I didn't work the program. I love the program. Al-Anon is for anybody who wants to learn how to live with or without an alcoholic. I'm not telling anybody to stay or go. We're married 56 years. I don't think, well, I think lately that man had thoughts of leaving, but years ago I never had thoughts of leaving. (laughs) But I've heard that from a lot of older women, so don't worry about it. But anyway, uh, I, I got very active no matter where I went. We moved from Nashville, and then we moved to Ohio. I had three more children, Robert, Walter, and Daniel in Nashville. And then we uh, moved to Ohio for a year, and I didn't get active there. I went to a couple of meetings, and unfortunately, I hope nobody's from Ohio, but unfortunately, they were very negative meetings. They talked about the alcoholic, and they... They talked about a lot of anger against them, and I couldn't deal with that. I was new in the program. So I decided to go to an open a meeting with Bill once a week, and I felt like I never broke my my strain there. Then after that, we came back to New York, and lo and behold, the Maranac in New York was looking for somebody to chair their meetings, and I was looking for something to do in Al-Anon. And so we hit it off well, and I, I was a sponsor for uh, chairman for about, about six months, more than I should have been, I know, but... They needed me, and I was there, and I needed them more than they needed me. So it was there I did take my fourth step and and then went on, and little by little, not fast, very slowly, I'm learning and learning, and I'm still learning about the program. Uh, I don't have all the answers. I never will, you know, and I don't do anything perfectly. But uh, I think my higher power has chosen myself and my husband To do this for some reason, you know. I was, being the youngest of 12, you can imagine how much I kept my mouth shut. So uh, there's some reason that we were, and I anyway was asked to do this. And maybe it's to share with everybody. Thank you very much. I wanted to talk about lettuce. I forgot. I'm sorry.